Welcome to Season 5, Episode 7 of the Zebra Before and After Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Ball. I mean, for me, I think one of the things I always do, especially for that, you know, those shots, the shot that um, we're talking about specifically, um, I really, I get down on the floor. I'm sure I was lying flat on my stomach for that one. Today, we are spending some time focusing on those incredible close-up shots that we see posted on Instagram that often can be pivotal in selling your furniture pieces. We're going to hear from a few refinishers that we have highlighted previously, both from season two. And then we're going to hear the details from Christiana of Zoshanai, winner of the Artistic Close-Up category in the 2022 International Zebra Golden Brush Awards. Whitney with White House on the Square shares a tip on how she cleans out those corners and detailed areas on her pieces before painting. Our question of the week, what do you love most about refinishing furniture, will be answered by our friends Annalisa with Sage and Vintage, Vicki with Rowan Tree Interiors, Leanna with Bells and Thistles Furniture, and Stephanie with Refreshed by Steph. Deborah with Vintage Furniture Fine shares her worst furniture mishap in our new Furniture Blooper segment. Stay with us, friends. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. You have seen those incredible close-up shots that are so artistic they could be placed in a frame and hung on a wall. Maybe you have taken a few of those yourself and are proud of it. Or maybe you would love to but just don't feel comfortable with how to get the right angle and where exactly do you focus when you grab those shots. Today we're hearing from Katie with Furniture Refreshed and Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. And then we're going to hear from our 2022 Zebra Golden Brush Awards category winner, Christiana with Zoshun Nye. We'll start off with Katie of Furniture Refreshed, and then we'll hear from Jim with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. Let's talk about the close-up shots. Uh, you, you really have a good eye. Do you feel like you struggle at all, or does it just seem, I mean, is it just very natural for you when you're taking these uh, shots? I mean, I don't, I, I do struggle. Um, I think, you know, I think you always sort of second guess yourself and maybe we're our own worst critics, but I do. It's, you know, it's always, is the lighting right? Am I getting the right angle? Um, even the staging, you know, it's fun. I really like doing it, but I do. I sort of drag things, you know, I stage in my garage and so I'm dragging things in and out of the house uh, to try and find the right stuff to sort of put with it and not have it be yeah. too much and have it be enough that, the, you know, you're still featuring the furniture. It's such a balance, isn't it? Just, I mean, just what you said is key because you can over stage it and then it's like the piece gets lost in it. But that's, that's a big, big part of it is knowing what to put in and what to not put in and when to stop, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have a lot, you know, sort of hundreds of pictures on my phone that I end up going through sometimes and figuring it out. You mentioned phone, so you're taking everything on your phone's not a DSL. Uh, no, I, I just I use my phone. Um, I find it, wow. I, it does great. Um, I'm really happy with the photos that it takes, and then I can kind of edit them pretty quickly. And it's it, for me, it's less steps. Yeah. Now, do you edit them uh, on an app in your phone, or do you then upload them to your computer? What What's the story um, there? I use Snapseed, uh, the Snapseed app mm -hmm. on my phone um, primarily to do most of the editing. I try to not do too, too much. You know, I actually, on my staging wall, I have a big outlet that I always have to, you know, sort of hide. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then um, sometimes some of the lighting, I will uh, play around with that a little bit. But I, I try to not do too much because I don't want to affect the actual look of the piece. Um, so I almost yeah. never play around with the coloring on a piece or anything mm -hmm. like that. So um, it's more background stuff. So do you have fun taking these photographs? 
I do. I do. I really like the photographing part. It's just it's so rewarding to kind of pull it all together at the end um, and uh, have something to show for it. it. It is rewarding, isn't it? I mean, just to have put all the effort into it and then to get it to the point where you can really show it off. And I think what you said about, uh, you know, answering that question, yeah, I have fun with it. I mean, I think that's that's so important to any part of the process is just to enjoy it. And, and it's evident that you do enjoy it because the photographs that you take are really, really nice. Um, it's funny. Thank you. On October 9th, you posted a close-up of a shot you took of a desk and a chair, I believe. It was sort of like top down and it formed a smiley face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun because you commented, smile, it's Friday. But it was such a cool, I mean, it wasn't cheesy or hokey at all. I mean, it was just a really nice classic shot of this table and chairs, but it did form a nice composition, which was a smiley face. And that one, I didn't real. it was one of those until I took the picture and kind of was scrolling back through them later. I sort of said, hey, that looks like a smiley face. And um, <laughs> it's like, I've got to use that somehow. Yeah, that was perfect for a Friday, wasn't it? It was. So any tips or recommendations on shooting the right angles and close-ups as you go through that process? I mean, for me, I think one of the things I always do, especially for that, you know, those shots, the shot that um, we're talking about specifically, um, I really, I get down on the floor. I'm sure I was lying flat on my stomach for that <laughs> one um, and really just not being afraid to kind of get in all sorts of, you know, strange positions to get the right shot and with the right lighting. Um, you know, I usually mm -hmm. always shoot at the same time of day uh, and that helps with my lighting and keeping the you know, lighting consistent mm -hmm. in my photographs too. Yeah, you, you hit on, I think, a really important tip and that is to, you know, you, you just mentioned you get down on the floor because I think sometimes we tend to look at things from the position that we're normally in, which mm -hmm. is, you know, what, four, five, six feet up, depending how tall you are. And to be able to look at different angles and to shoot up, to create some drama or shoot down, um, I, I would imagine that that's, that's like, you know, one of the key things in creating really good close-ups and, and showing them in places that maybe most people would not normally look because you're, because again, you're up and you're not looking down and then up. Yeah. So, and, and be in using a camera, I mean, today's, you know, whether it's a phone or a DSLR, you know, everything's digital. So you don't have to get worried about film and wasting film. Right. And so yeah the more shots you take and you said that app that you used that was uh snapseed snapseed yep okay yeah i think uh several others have mentioned that in fact i think katie cloud uses that uh, she may app. i think you know i do listen to your um podcasts and so i'm i may have gotten that recommendation from somebody else i don't remember exactly but I ha yeah. i've heard it mentioned before so katie i mean we're seeing stuff that is you know just phenomenal work how, how long have you been refinishing I, really about a year. Um, wow. I really only started doing this uh, actually last November. So I did a furniture painting workshop and was hooked. <laughs> so I just sort of from that point on, um, really sort of was like, I need to do more. And I, you know, my husband wanted me to stop painting all the furniture in the house. So at that point, I had to <laughs> sort of start <laughs> looking outside the home and, um, you know, s started thinking about turning it into a little bit of a, you know, sort of part time business. 
Well, that was that's exactly what I was going to ask you. So it is a part-time business, then it's not just a hobby. I mean, you're, you're doing this to, to actually uh, make some money. That's great. I, I'm trying. I mean, sort of, as I say, you know, I'm very new to it and just sort of trying to figure out at this point where it takes me. Um, you know, it's, it's nice because there's so much flexibility. You can kind of, you know, increase or decrease uh, your productivity and what you're doing depending on what else you've got going on. So I, I like that flexibility a lot. How do, how do you get the word out about your, your work? Is it primarily through social media? Right now, yeah, it really is um, through Instagram um, and Facebook are sort of the two platforms that I'm on um, right now. And that was, uh, you know, sort of how I decided. I was like, I've got to get my name out there somehow. Um, and so that's sort of where I began. Well, certainly hats off to you. I mean, you are you would be classified, I guess, anything under a year would be a newbie. And to be able to produce some of the stuff that you're doing is... You've got a uh, uh, a bright road ahead of you and oh, refinishing. You. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to all keep an eye on you doing doing really nice work. I mean, not just from the refinishing, but to the staging and photography, obviously, as we just highlighted. So keep up the great work. Share your Instagram awesome. account so folks can follow you. It's furniture.refreshed. Wow, that's excellent. Make sure you follow Katie. She's one to keep an eye on for sure. Well, happy refinishing, Katie. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, my name is Pam with Pam's Restored Elements, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. For years, I used paintbrushes from a local big box store until I discovered the Zebra paintbrushes. I use these brushes on every project that I do. If it's got spindles, I use the round one. If it's a flat surface, a dresser, I use the Palm Pro. And now when I'm actually finishing up my projects, I always reach for the engineered natural filaments to give me the smoothest finish I've ever had. Cleanup is easy and these paint brushes last. Thank you, Pam, for your kind words about our brushes. It is a great encouragement. Jen, you are known not only for your beautiful furniture finishing, but also your incredible shots of your pieces with an emphasis on close-ups. We want to learn more from you and hear some tips on how you do it so effectively. So let's start foundationally. And I know a lot of folks are going to want to know this. So what type of camera are you using to take your photos? Um, so I have a Canon. It's a 6 Canon 60D, like dog. Um, uh-huh. And then I have a few different lenses that I use. It's an old camera. My husband bought it for me, gosh, when my, my kids were still babies. So, I mean, it's over, it's over 10 years old for sure, but I, it's my, one of my prized possessions. I love it so much. Now, do you use light or do you use natural lighting primarily? Primarily natural lighting. I did buy, um, I did buy some a lighting kit and I hated it. I it, it was way too artificial for me. So I as whenever I can, um, I try to just use natural light. Mm. Now, did did you start out taking regular full image shots, uh, or have you always taken close ups? I've always done both. So with furniture, you know, obviously 
you need to take the full image shot, shot especially if you're going to be selling it because customers mm -hmm. need to see the entire piece. But I always, um, from the very beginning, even like when I first started this, I was only using my phone to take pictures and I, people still get amazing pictures from their phones. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm blown, blown away by the quality of that. I've just never been good at that. But when I, started using my camera i've always so i guess what i was saying is even when i used my phone i would always take a full image sh shot and then a few close-ups because i felt like it just gave something a little extra um not only was it beautiful to look at but then potential clients could see like oh you know i like here's something in this close-up shot that i noticed that i didn't see from far away and i think when you spend so much time on the little details of your piece, like let's say it does have beautifully refinished wood or a really cool knob or some, you know, nice crackling or chipping or distressing, like when you can see that close up, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, that's, it makes the piece even more attractive. Yeah, you, you take a lot of, um, I guess you could say top down or low to the ground looking up at the piece or just corner, you know, mm -hmm. corner shots. Are you looking at it through the camera or do you see it with your eye first? How, what's your process that you go through when you're doing that? It's usually like I'm usually seeing it through the camera. So I, mm -hmm. even though I know that like I want to get this angle or I want to get a close-up of this spot. Once I put that camera up to my eye, then I adjust my um, where I'm at to get the exact mm -hmm. right shot. And yeah. it, it takes a lot. And it, honestly, it's like little movements here and there. It's like one little lean this way or one step back this way. And it, but it makes a huge difference. So you're getting a lot of shots. I mean, when it's all said and done, you have quite a few to choose from. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, and I'm not lying when I say this, each piece probably has uh, at least a hundred shots. Are there any hard and fast rules to apply for taking close-ups? And, and I say that's sort of like when you take photos of people, you know, you don't crop them at their joints like elbows. Is there anything mm -hmm. like that that you think about when you do close-ups? I think when it comes to furniture, you know, because close-ups, like you said, for people or for flowers or what, whatever the close-up might be, there's different rules. But I think for furniture, I like to get like several elements in one close-up. So let's say I do really want to highlight that the wood grain on the top of the piece. I don't want the close-up to be just of the wood grain. I want you mm -hmm. to be able to see a little bit of, you know, the, the paint color or maybe part of the knob. Or like if I have a plant next to it, you can see some of the leaves of the plant in it. So you're not... The, the main focus is going to be that wood grain, but it's not all you're looking at so that mm -hmm. there's other elements and other depth of the, the picture, even though those mm -hmm. other elements are going to be a little bit more blurred out. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's, that's one. And then also, you know, finding an angle of the, of the piece that's, you know, that's visually appealing or something is interesting about it. Um, I think I had like a, I'm actually looking at this piece right now in my son's room. It's like a mid-century modern dresser where all the drawers are just completely flat and plain, but then the legs <clears throat> are cool, like lots of MCM pieces are. So getting, you know, some part of the leg with part of the drawer makes it much more interesting than if I were just to get that flat drawer. So just mm -hmm. finding the right angle of the piece to get that close up. 
got to ask you this, any photo editing that you do? Um, yeah. So I use, once I get my pictures uploaded onto my computer, I have, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. I have Photoshop, but I have no idea how to use it other than how to get my logo on the picture. So that's the only reason <laughs> why I have Photoshop right now. It's just, I'm not a, I'm not a tech I'm not like a tech savvy person as much as I love photography. I don't love the tech technical side of it. So I uploaded it to my computer. I get it in Photoshop and get my logo on it. And then from there, um, once I have it on my phone, I do use, I, there's two different programs that I use. Sometimes um, Lightroom is one, mm -hmm. and then Snapseed is the other one. Lightroom yeah. I like because it it will straighten the picture really nicely for me. Um, if you ever want to use a preset on your picture, which I never do on my furniture because it distorts the color too much, but like if you're ever just taking a picture of your home or your kids or something like that, it has nice presets that you can use, mm -hmm. or you can get presets that are easy to use Lightroom. Um, but then Snapseed I love because it has some really good elements for brightening the picture. So yeah. even if it was kind of dark in my, or, you know, if I wasn't getting as much natural light as I wanted, I can use that app to brighten the picture up. Uh, some good, good options there. Um, how about others' opinions? Uh, so you've got, what, 100 photos that you're sorting through. Um, do you ever throw those out to some friends and say, which ones do you like? Or your husband and kids, they get involved in the decision process of what you're going to post? Oh, my gosh, all the time. And it's funny because, like, <laughs> my husband or kids will be like, mom, they all look exactly the same. And I'm like, no, they don't, they don't, you know, and they, they literally, you know, they think that of those hundred pictures, they all look exactly the same. And to me, to a lot of people, I'm sure they do. But to me and my eye, I could see like just little minute things that make this picture just a little bit better than this one. So Usually I don't ask their opinion um, until I have it narrowed down to like two or three. And then I'll say like, you know, I'll flip back and forth. It reminds me of like going to the eye doctor, like which, which one is more clear a or B mm -hmm. a or B. And so I'm like <laughs> scrolling back and forth. Like, do you like this one or this one, this one or this one? And my family has gotten really good about it before. They used to just be like, mom, they look exactly the same. But I think now that my daughter is older, she's 13, like she, and she loves her, you know, social media stuff and her and her own Instagram. And she likes, you know, taking pictures and posting pictures. So she's kind of like, yeah, I, I like this one better because I like how you can see the, I like how you can see the plant or I like how this is part is blurred out. So I think they've gotten better about being more helpful for me. I like what you said earlier, too, about really kind of framing a piece if you're wanting to focus in on maybe the wood grain. Mm -hmm. There's elements that you include in that photograph that don't necessarily, well, they don't become the the primary focal point, but they help draw you to the focal point. I suppose that's the art in it of knowing what kind of a close-up shot you need to take. Yeah, for sure. And that's what that's what is going to make your close-up more interesting is the other elements around it. So even though like, you know, I don't know, there might, like I said, there might be a plant or a blanket or a pillow or something, even though that is like blurred out in the photo, just having that element there just creates a little bit more like depth and, and interest. And like you said, kind of draws you because it is kind of like 
you know, blurred or not focal, that's what draws you to the focal point of the picture. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, that's what makes it stand out. And I think on Instagram, especially, you know, people always talk about um, a picture being a scroll stopper. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes with these close ups, like that's what, that's what you're kind of going for. You want someone to like, look at that picture and just kind of be like, whoa, you know, I, I have yeah. to stop on this. Well, and for those of you who are using uh, phones, smartphones, I know, for example, the iPhone has uh, the portrait mode that you can choose. And so I would imagine that would be a good option if you don't have, you know, a regular camera or digital camera, you can pull that up. And I'm sure a lot of people use that particular mode for some of these close-ups because it, what it does do is it allows you to, to focus in on the, uh, the, the focal point and then you get sort of a blurred effect on on anything in the surrounding area so that it doesn't become the focal point. It doesn't take away from the focal point. And then some of these apps uh, also allow you to blur the areas that you don't want to be sharp. So there's some options there for you. What about lighting? Uh, You said you you prefer natural lighting. Do you find that it's more difficult um, when you're doing close-ups to get to, is the lighting a big factor in the close-ups? Is that more of a challenge? Actually, it's the opposite. The lighting is more of a challenge when I'm trying to get the full piece because when you're mm-hmm. doing the close-ups, you're kind of you're moving around more, and you can you if the lighting isn't just right at this angle, you can step on this side. When you're getting the full shot, you're kind of limited to you know if I want this to be straight on, I have to stay right here. So you're kind of you know whatever the light is, it is. But with the close-ups. Mm-hmm try this angle. Uh, the lighting isn't great here. Let me go on the side and try this angle and the lighting is better. So that, that yeah. part of it actually is easier. And that's the same with the phone too. Um, like you were saying with the phone, it's just, it's, it doesn't matter what you are using to take pictures. I think there's the other factors that are just as important, like, you know, like the lighting, like the angles, things mm-hmm. like that. Well, Jen, this has been so helpful. I think a lot of folks are going to be encouraged to at least give it a go to see what they can come up with. The cool thing about close-ups is that they are not only artful and enjoyable, but they really showcase the art of refinishing, as you've just mentioned, the wood grains, the distressed elements, the colors used, contrasting elements, and more. And it's really all about taking the skill to the next level in both refinishing and photography. So thanks so much, Jen, and thanks for being our May 2020 featured artist. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Katie and Jen. We always love gleaning from your talents and insight. Well, today we're highlighting Christiana Zoshin Nye, category winner of the Artistic Close-Up in the 2022 GBAs. Christiana is from Germany, and we had discussed having her on, but she wasn't comfortable with the language barrier. I'm sure she would have done just fine. Nonetheless, she took the time to write out her answers to our questions, and I'm going to share those now. Christiana, please tell us about the piece you refinished that won Best Artistic Close-Up and about the photograph and the staging. The beautiful cabinet I got was from a household liquidation. In fact, it was sitting in my garage for a very long time because I just had no idea how it was going to be. The cabinet was a real challenge for me. I did not want to lose the style of the piece of furniture, so I had to choose the right shade. Also, it was very much in need of repair. Especially all the scroll work and carved decorations need a lot of care. In short, there was a whole lot of work to be done and I was afraid of doing something wrong. 
In the end, though, I thought, it's now or never. And so I brought it out of the back corner of the garage into the light of day and just started. In the end, I asked myself, why was I so hesitant? The color choice was in my head from the beginning, and actually, I know I can do it. Then when I wanted to photograph it, it was also immediately clear that it should be in front of a black wall. The color combination brought out the detail from the cabinet. It underlines the extremely noble style and the special feature of the cabinet. Christiana, what was your biggest refinishing fear early on that you feel like you have now overcome? I always had the greatest respect for oil stains, waxes, and glazes. All of these different products with which I could achieve the same result were a jungle for me. I never knew when to use and was afraid that I would mess up the previously painstakingly sanded tabletop if I now stained it. Through a lot of practice and a lot of trying out the different products, I have now found my way and have also found out what my favorites are and how I can achieve which shade. Christiana, you are an accomplished award-winning refinisher. What is your one secret to refinishing that you're willing to share? I think the biggest hurdle that many are afraid to overcome is the fear of not being able to do it. So my secret is, do it. Don't think about what could go wrong or what if. It's so easy once you decide to start. In furniture refinishing, there is nothing you can't learn and nothing you can't do yourself. Only your barrier in your head tells you that it won't work and that you don't have enough knowledge and that you're not handy, etc. So break that barrier, throw out that little voice in your head and just start. The good thing is you can always take a break, you can start over, you can go over it again and again. You can even just stop. So take off the pressure we know all too well and think of it as a trial, not a chore. Christiana, what refinishing goals do you have for 2023? I don't have any specific goals. I just want to continue to have the opportunity to pursue my passion. I want to learn a lot of new things. I also want to challenge myself, but that comes automatically as long as you have a passion for it. So I don't put any pressure on myself and I just do what I love. Any new areas of refinishing that you have never explored before, but hope to in 2023? Yes, for a long time, I want to try to apply veneer. I think it is not easy to achieve a professional and perfect result. There's so much to know about veneer and so much to learn that I still had too much respect for the craft to do it myself. Next level would then be to conjure up beautiful patterns from veneer, as was often done on very old furniture. I think being able to do that is a feat and needs to be carefully learned. Thank you, Christiana. It's such a joy to be a part of a global event like the Zebra Golden Brush Awards. We're sorry you weren't able to come on, but we know that in our social media age, anyone can connect with you from anywhere. So if you want to connect with Christiana, go to our enjoyzebra.com website. You can click on the blog tab at the upper right-hand corner and then go to the contest tab and then Golden Brush Awards, and you'll be able to see Christiana's piece and click on her IG account to follow her. This week's refinishing tip comes from Whitney with White House on the Square. Hello there, my furniture-loving friends. This is Whitney from the White House on the Square, and today I'm here to share with you one of my refinishing tips. I hand paint all my pieces of furniture, and my go-to brushes are my zebra brushes, but we all know how important it is to have your piece cleaned and prepped properly. I also use my zebra paint brushes to help me clean my pieces. My favorite brush is the round brush. 
After years and years of usage, the drawers in the inside, in the corners, collect the dust. And sometimes it's hard to get that shop back in there or to use that damp cloth to get in there and clean those corners. So I like to use my round brush to kind of sweep out the corners of those pieces. I also find that my zebra brushes are an excellent way to clean out the decorative details on the fronts of my pieces as well. The bristles are nice and soft, but strong enough to get in there and get everything cleaned out. I keep a couple to the side specifically that I use for cleaning, but it's been a great way to kind of knock loose that dirt to make the job of my shop back just a little bit easier. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Whitney. Great idea to have one or two on hand to help you prep some of those tighter areas before painting. And as a side note, just like in painting, if you keep your zebra brush clean and protected when not in use, it will last for a very long time. Our question of the week, what do you love most about refinishing furniture is answered by our friends Annalisa with Sage and Vintage, Vicky with Rowan Tree Interiors, Leanna with Bells and Thistles Furniture, and Stephanie with Refreshed by Steph. Hi, I'm Annalisa at Sage and Vintage. What do I love most about refinishing furniture? For me, it is getting to redesign something old and transforming it into something unrecognizable high-end piece of furniture. Today's furniture you find at the box store can sometimes be low in quality and expensive. All the great pieces that actually look good and are well-made can be beyond pricey. So I love to share my designs to everyone and show them you don't have to spend an arm and a leg to have a nice piece of furniture. Most of my designs consist of creating a new look on the drawer fronts and then finding the perfect paint color to complement it. For me, paint is like icing on the cake where it just completes the whole look and brings it back to life in a new way. I love refinishing furniture. For me, it's a creative outlet. I get to push myself on each piece to come up with the perfect design, color, hardware to go on each piece. For my designs, I can find inspiration from anywhere, whether it's a cup of coffee that's the perfect colored taupe or a tile pattern on a bathroom wall. My redesigns is to inspire my audience and show them that they can take any piece of furniture like a blank canvas and make it into a work of art. There are so many possibilities with refinishing furniture and you can completely change the look of your home without breaking the bank. So if you're seeing something you like that's out of your price range, just find something old and refinish it. You too can have that designer piece in your home without the price tag. Hi everyone, Vicky here. You can find me on Insta at Rowan Tree Interiors. And what I love most about refinishing furniture is the creative freedom and expression it allows. Experimenting with colours, finishes and techniques to create something truly unique and personalised. It's a chance to showcase your creativity and add your own flair to your home. It's also a great way to reduce waste and promote sustainability. Instead of buying new, repurposing and breathing new life into good quality older pieces that may otherwise end up in landfill is not only good for the environment, but can also be more cost effective than buying new mass produced furniture. Of course, the meditative and calming effect it has is a huge bonus. It requires focus, attention to detail and a steady hand. It provides me with a welcome break from the noise of the modern day world. A chance to slow down, be mindful and create something beautiful with my own hands. That said, absolutely, refinishing furniture can sometimes be a challenging process. We've all come across those pieces we'd like to set a match to. 
but the sense of accomplishment and pride that comes with successfully transforming a difficult piece can be even more satisfying. It's an opportunity to push yourself creatively and to overcome obstacles, a tangible way to see the results of your hard work and creativity. Hey there, it's Liana with Bells and Thistles Furniture. So what I love most about refinishing furniture is the before and after. So whether that after is dramatic or subtle, it's just so awesome to put so much work into a piece, usually for weeks or months for me. And then you see all of that hard work and something you envisioned in your head right in front of you. And it's an even bigger treat when the piece is even better than you imagined. Not only is that really cool, but I have found the furniture community here on Instagram to be an awesome support system, which I really love as well. It makes furniture refinishing so much more enjoyable to be able to relate to others and share ideas with people who do the same thing as you. And lastly, I love the fact that for the most part, it's a stress reliever and a creative outlet. Working in a trauma unit as an RN is very stressful, so this allows me to blow off some steam. There's just something very therapeutic about using a spray gun or a paintbrush. And then literally, I know people always say it's like watching paint dry and they're using that in a negative tone or way, but I love watching my paint dry because there's something very therapeutic about watching your paint level and it coming out perfect. You getting that perfect finish is just chef's kiss like that is the whole goal so that is one of the things that i really love about refinishing furniture hey everyone this is stephanie from refresh by steph what i love most about refinishing furniture is honestly just seeing my vision come to life most of the time when i refinish furniture the vision comes to me after i'm done sanding a piece because you never really know what's quite under that finish it's actually kind of funny i was never a very artistic person growing up so it's interesting how i got into this process and being artistic in a different way the before and afters get me every time it also feels great that these pieces get a new life and stay at of our landfills. Thanks, Annalisa, Vicki, Leanna, and Stephanie. Welcome to our new podcast segment called Furniture Bloopers. How many of you think you are the only ones that make errors or gaffes in your refinishing process? Maybe you had an incident that occurred with a client and that you were terribly embarrassed about. Well, you aren't the only one. Everyone makes mistakes and we all learn from them, don't we? Our friend Becky with Phoenix Vintage Furniture suggested that we add a segment like this to our show as it encourages others to know that you are not alone. Yes, we all make them and it's okay. Life is too short. We can look back at these bloopers knowing that it wasn't great at the time, but you probably won't do it again. And this is one more way we can glean from one another. And you know how it is often days and weeks after it happens. It's just not as big of a deal as it was at the time. It's actually one of those stories you tell later, and it may bring a chuckle or two, but ultimately you really do move on. Today's Furniture Bloopers is shared by our good friend, Deborah with Vintage Furniture Finds. Hi, my name's Deborah. You can find me under Vintage Furniture Finds. Well, one of my mishaps that happened was one time I was working on a commission piece of furniture. It was caked in layers of paint. I stripped it, cleaned it, and then when I started to sand it, I accidentally sanded off the beveled edges around the base. It was a mistake that I regret deeply, but I learned from it and have since become more careful and precise in my work. Despite the setback, I was able to salvage the piece. 
and deliver it to my customer who was still pleased with the final product results. Through that experience, I learned the importance of doing thorough research before starting a project and the value of persistence in the face of challenges. Deborah, it's always nerve-wracking working on a commission piece. You handled the setback well. Nice to know the customer was still pleased. If you have a furniture blooper that you wouldn't mind sharing on the podcast, please reach out to us. You don't know how your mistake may be quite instrumental in keeping others from making the same one. Email me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Have you entered this month's zebra staging contest yet? All you have to do to enter is post your pieces with the hashtag ZebraStagingApril. Jen and Amanda, along with our three winners from March, Amy with Manolo Designs, Shelly with Consider This Furniture, and Danielle with Hall Refined Design will review the hashtag the 1st of May and choose three winners. The winners will be chosen based on the effectiveness of the staging, and this covers the quality of the piece refinished, how the pieces are staged with a particular style of furniture presented, and last but not least, the quality of the photography. If you want to learn more about staging, make sure you go back to a recent podcast episode 51 entitled The Art of Staging. The three winners will receive a special framed award, zebra paintbrushes, and appear on our podcast to be interviewed by Jen and Amanda. Also, the three April winners will co-judge with Jen and Amanda for May's staging contest. Time is running out to enter the April Zebra Review category theme of dining tables. Our featured judge is Katie Scott with Salvage by K. Scott. If you have refinished any dining table from January 1st through April 30th of 2023, simply use the hashtag Zebra Dining Tables. Katie will pick her five favorites, then the remaining three judges, Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, Katie Cloud with Katie and Company and Home, and Lauren with Portland Road Living will vote out of Katie's selections to choose three winners. This month's prize sponsors are Mud Paint, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Painting. The winners will appear on the podcast and be interviewed by Katie. Thanks for joining us each week. We are grateful for each of you. All links to artists will be in this week's show notes. We can't tell you how encouraged we are when we hear from you or when we read your reviews on one of the podcast directories. Speaking of podcast directory reviews, would you consider leaving one on your favorite directory if you haven't already? This helps tremendously in our ability to reach more people as well. It is a big boost to our ranking. As a thank you for leaving a review, we would like to send you a small gift. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Put podcast review in the subject heading and include your full name and mailing address. Okay, that's it for this week. Until next time, friends, happy painting.